Hey guys, welcome to Grump Grumpy Man Motocast Episode 2. Thanks for uh, tuning in. So today what I want to go over is what got me into bikes. So maybe it's, uh, it's probably very common to a lot of people why you get into bikes. So I have very early memories of getting rides on motorcycles. So we had a neighbor when I was growing up. I must have been, oh man, seven, eight years old maybe a little bit before, and he had some sort of enduro bike. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, this was, you have to, you know, this was late 70s, uh, mid 70s, so uh, not as safety conscious. So I remember getting some rides up and down the street a few times. And I just remember that, uh, that sinking in. And then um, I do remember, you know, just going to the store and seeing motorcycle magazines and then starting to buy more so again my parents to buy me uh, motorcycle magazines and don't uh, don't get me wrong I was buying uh, stuff like uh, hot rod and car craft and uh, those hot rod magazines with souped up uh, Chevelles and Mustangs and Chevy twos and all that I was kind of turning into a gearhead and um, so it just came from there and then I you know this just kept on and on and I had friends that had dirt bikes uh, I wasn't really allowed to have a dirt bike I think that was my mom's influence didn't want me to get uh, hurt or something but we did have um, where I lived in the western part of Montreal there was a lot of like just behind my house so say maybe a five minute walk from my house and there was like fields and fields and fields and there was dirt trails and there was and there was there was people that were dirt biking uh, uh, now it's all gone of course now there's houses and stuff but uh, when I was growing up uh, yeah lots of places so I had a few friends I had uh, like little uh, uh, Suzuki 80 cc's and nothing too big no one had anything bigger than an 80 cc and I remember just borrowing it and trying to mooch some money uh, just to be able to you know help out pay for gas you know gas of course was like uh, 50 cents a liter or something too so it wasn't so bad and they're not exactly uh, not exactly gas guzzlers and so you know this went on and on and of course uh, in Quebec, um, once you hit 14, you can get a scooter. So you can get, you know, moped slash scooter. So in back in the day, there were actually mopeds. So 50cc, and you, you could pay and you can get that license. Uh, it's not very hard to get. So, of course, when I was nearing 14, um, I went to my parents and they said, Well, listen, uh, I, and I had some money saved up. I said, Listen, I'm going to go take the course and I want a scooter. So I can start getting into this, and uh, of course my dad was a cop, and he's like, "No, scooters aren't safe." He says, "Wait until you're 16, and you can get a motorcycle. They're they're somewhat uh, safer." Uh, he says, "I see too many kids getting hurt on little scooters because they don't really have any power and the tiny wheels and whatnot." So I was a bit dis I was disappointed in this <laughs> for sure. So, but uh, what they didn't know is that I would remember this. So right around my 16th birthday, uh, I was still say I had been saving my money. I said, "Okay, Dad, uh, remember you said when I turned 16." So I have some money, so started looking through the paper um, in the spring because my birthday's in uh, February. Um, started uh, looking in the the local paper, the Montreal Gazette. Say, "Hey, see some bikes that were for sale." You know well under a thousand dollars like a few hundred dollars for some sort of bike and uh 
I had a kind of idea because I had been reading the magazines that, uh, you know, back then, uh, so a universal, a UJM, a universal Japanese motorcycle. So, you know, four cylinder in line, air cooled, nothing fancy, um, just a good all around motorcycle. That's, there was a lot of those, you know, from all the major manufacturers. So lo and behold, I found one. So I found a 1981, yeah, 81, uh, CB650. So nothing fancy. It did have a, had a backrest for the passenger, which kind of extended out that probably the, the rider could use it. And it had like this little top case and a butt ugly, big plexiglass windshield. Cause that's what, that's what they had back then. Um, so went to, I wasn't driving obviously. So, and it was all the way downtown Montreal. Um, my dad took me. Uh, my mother wasn't really ta- speaking to both <laughs> either of us at this point. Um, went to look at it. We said okay, and uh, you know, negotiated a bit with the price. So I think I got it for I think it was four hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Really, not bad. And at the time, I didn't think it needed much work. There was a little bit of an oil leak from the head gasket, um, which is kind of was kind of common I think on the air cooled because of the temperatures they ran at that they had gaskets were uh, not the hardest thing to fix either and uh, one of the exhaust because uh, it had four into two exhausts um, was rotted out on one side so I don't know how my dad arranged all this but uh, one of his buddies gave him a lift um, down there and um, brought it home and uh, I actually didn't have my, my license just quite yet when I had the bike. So the bike was sitting on parked in the side of the house and uh, I got the, uh, went to Canadian Tire or was it Canadian Tire? Yeah, I ordered the Haynes manual for it. So nice, start looking at it. I bought some cleaning stuff. So I didn't have any cleaning stuff to polish up all the chrome. Um, and of course we made an appointment to get it just to get the, the bike looked at. So we got it looked at, got the head gasket fixed. Uh, this was in Dynamic Honda, used to be in Lachine. Uh, great place. Um, it's long gone. There's not a lot of Honda dealers uh, in Montreal. Um, got it fixed. And for the exhaust, I actually put a, I think it was a, a Jardine or something or a, a low-end Kirker, four into one. So it gave it, <laughs> it gave it a really nice sound. Um, so yeah, everything else was good. Um, we had, you know, had tires tires were good chain was fine i you know had to look up you know all the maintenance and stuff i kind of knew what i needed to do but still looked it up uh, i was still buying magazines uh, more motorcycle magazines now because i started watching the racing uh, so back in those days you had uh, maybe it was a bit before well eddie lawson you know we're talking 500 cc grand prix bike so two stroke so crazy bikes back then uh, Take a sip of tea here. My throat is a bit uh, sore. So I had that bike a while. It had a couple of quirks. I think it it had it did something called I think it was vapor locking. So um, when you get off the highway, it would be like really rough running and stall almost sometimes. And I think it was I think it was vapor locking or something to do with not really overheating, but then the gas. Uh, Anyway, so I did have some problems. So, you know, 
And why, why do you like the, what's the attraction to bikes? You know, like, why was I, I talked about, you know, I, I was reading it in school, but you know, I just wanted to be the cool kid and not, and motorcycles, um, they're not, they weren't as, you know, I was, you know, I was the only, there was two kids at school. Uh, so my final year of high school, uh, well, a bit of my, uh, uh, secondary four year, I, you know, I was doing there was two kids with motorcycles. Uh, the other guy had a what did he have? Oh, he had a CX uh, 500, so opposed twin, um, longitudinally mounted Honda. So there's just two of us. So, of course, you know, you're the cool kid. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was, but you know, not many kids had their driver's license, and not a lot of kids had, you know, had a vehicle of their own. I mean, I so I had a motorcycle so that was uh, and I just got hooked and I used to of course it was my only mode of transportation until I got a car a little while longer uh, a little while after that uh, a real piece of junk an old Chevy Malibu I think I got for $300 <laughs> old big ass rear drive 120 horsepower big V8 you know like no power whatsoever uh, anyway um, so yeah I love that bike that was a uh, that was a really good bike. I kept it at, uh, and I kept that, uh, yeah, until uh, I was about 18, 19, about 19, because I, w- I was at my first apartment. I think I had sold that bike or traded it in. Um, no, I sold it. And then uh, a person that I knew, because I was working at a gas station, a guy that ran a tow truck, he had a beautiful 1984 Interceptor. So 1000, so the VF 1000 F, not the R. The R was the European one, <laughs> far better bike than the F. Um, so I bought that um, really with all my money. I didn't have a, didn't even have a car. For, had my first apartment, first uh, real girlfriend too, I guess. <laughs> well, we were living together, so yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, I scared myself on that bike. Um, so back in the day, that was one of the fastest bikes around. Um, was it as fast as if you bought a, a 500cc two-stroke? Mm, not quite. Um, not quite as scary either. They had these power bands that were just like really uh, like VTEC kind of like just hit really hard. But man, that thing was fast. And I, of course, I've only been, I hadn't been riding for all that long. And, uh, you know, wasn't not like today i mean you know i didn't go on trips and stuff uh, it was just mainly you know my mode of transport like a lot of people do th- you know to this day is their motorcycle is they don't have a car they have a motorcycle so um so that was that was a real nice bike i got into an accident with it i was rear-ended um so had to find some parts and stuff and even back then it was hard to hard a bit hard to find parts um uh, very expensive, especially for for, for new parts. So th- this is so it's probably five. So it wasn't even that old, probably because this is probably 1991, maybe. So yeah, the bike wasn't that old. So fine, fixed it. Um, pretty much back to the condition that I had it. Um, I learned a lot then because it had a mini fairing and stuff, and had to get everything back together with all this little clips and so forth. So I did. Uh, learn a lot and then I started the engine started making some weird noises so 
I bring it in. I did some research, uh, no internet. So it was basically asking around, asking the dealer. And uh, so some of the early Honda V4s had problems with uh, the top end. So they had two problems. One is the, 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 the metal that the camshafts were made out of. Uh, this might be not entirely technically accurate, but this is, was my understanding of it. The metal wasn't the best, and they didn't get a lot of oil flow uh, to the top end. So those two things combined, and they ate cams. Um, it was particularly the the 750 and the 1000. I don't know if the Magna, so the Sabre and the Magna was the cruiser versions. So the naked bike and the cruiser version. So the Sabre was like the naked bike version with the v honda v4 and then the saber uh sorry the, the magna was the cruiser version so the cruiser stance and then you had the interceptor which was the sport bike version um, and even you know the sport bike thing was a new thing too as well um so so basically the engine was almost scrap and honda wouldn't want to do anything because it was used um because Honda did have a recall and they did replace cams and do some work and they give you very specific instructions on uh, oil and whatever and frequent oil changes, keeping checking the oil a lot, the oil level. So someone at the dealer, so the same uh, Dynamic Honda, uh, he had one and he didn't. He was riding something else, uh, one of the people that went there a lot. So, and the recall had been done on that bike. So did some negotiating with... Uh, with the dealer, my girlfriend helped me out with the money a bit, and I got another one. So, uh, decent shape, mileage, I don't know. I forget. It had a few thousand. It had uh, 20,000 kilometers on it, maybe. Um, so, rode that, was happy, and uh, one day coming home, it starts to make noise. And uh, so I'm like, oh, okay, same thing. I'm like, crap. So I top off the oil. I checked the oil, it was a tiny bit low, top it off, it's still making noise. So then I said, okay, well, I need to get it to the dealer. So I drove it to the dealer and it was making noise and more noise and more noise. So basically I drove it uh, 15, 20 minutes, uh, not very fast, but uh, anyway, motor ended up being scrapped. The dealer was like, oh, I don't think you put enough oil or something, or it was low on oil. I'm like, no, I know how to change the oil because I had a little dipstick and you didn't screw it all the way in. You just kind of unscrewed it, wiped it, and you just kind of, the dipstick was like maybe uh, four inches long. You just kind of put it right against the threads. At any rate, um, I wasn't very happy. Um, the dealer was like, they felt bad because they, you know, arranged for me to get the bike and it should have been fixed with the recall and everything. But anyway, so the motor was scrapped. So he's like, the guy's like, the best thing I can do is I can give you some money for a trade-in and, and we have a couple of bikes in stock, used bikes that you can, they're not the same, but at least you'll be out on a bike. So I ended up getting a 1983 uh, CB900 Custom. So similar to my first bike, slightly bigger engine, a little bit of a, a cruiser. The, the, the position and the bars were a bit more cruiser-ish. Um, dual speed transmission so it had high low plus your five gears which was a gimmick i don't know what they were thinking um shaft drive so my first shaft drive bike uh air shocks in the back i think and that uh that was fine and i did uh so i kept that at this point uh 
I was driving a bit more, um, even with my girlfriend, we, we were going on trips on it, uh, not, you know, day trips, nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, I didn't have any luggage or anything. So basically what we could fit in a backpack for her and, uh, yeah. And that was a great bike. Then, uh, I had that and, uh, still I was really, you know, you know, anytime I could, I was, I was out on the bike and, uh, then the funny thing happened, uh, I had kids. <laughs> so had kids first house, uh, moved the motorcycle from, it was being stored at my buddy's house, buddy's parents' house. Um, I had a garage in my first house, so moved the bike and it sat there. It would move in the garage, but basically it uh, sat there. And then after a couple of years, uh, had first kid, then uh, second kid was coming. So pregnant, what? pregnant wife is not going to go on the motorcycle so and I didn't have time to have a motorcycle I was working full-time and you know with a newborn and one on you know a toddler then one on the way um, you know that whole new family kind of thing no time so after about two years or three years that it was sitting in the garage I said you know what I'm going to try and sell it so I in the auto trader one of those little newspapers for just for vehicles put an ad uh guy came actually an unknowledgeable person and he was missing some air in the tire it, it started i had charged the battery it started fine uh, it ran a tiny bit rough uh he did a compression test he said ah one of the cylinders is a bit low but he says ah it was the fall so it was like ah, i'll just fix it so i, I got some anyway i got some money and it wasn't really you know it was just sitting in my garage so made some room in my garage and at least someone would enjoy it. And I heard back a little while later after and the guy said, uh, he had fixed it. It was just, uh, I think he changed the head gasket actually. And, uh, compression was good. Uh, didn't have any problems. He did a little tune up on it and the, and the head gasket over the winter and sink the carbs and everything was fine. So fast forward, uh, well, a few years, you know, I was still into motorcycles. Re I was still buying the magazines, but I was just, busy with my career and uh, you know new fa you know family and didn't really I said you know once in the future of course I want to get back I want to have a bike and you know just to s just to get back to it because I, 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 I did really miss it uh, I was getting more into computers too so at that time so my job f went from being you know a car mechanic and I went to into more into computers um, doing IT stuff networking what I do today um, then I was at one of my jobs and, uh, one of the, my coworkers, we got to talking and he's like, Oh, you know, he had a motorcycle and, uh, I said, Oh, and he says, Oh, you ride. I said, Oh, I used to, but I said, you know, with kids and everything, I just, I had to, I had to stop for a bit. So I said, Oh, he says, Oh, well, I'm selling my bike, my old bike. So, well, what is it? It was, uh, what year was it? It was a Virago 1100. Uh, nice uh, cruisers were never my thing uh, Harleys or any cr kind of cruiser um, but I've driven them obviously when you do your your courses here you usually have Honda Shadow or Honda you know like a Hawk or something you know 250, 450 um, so he was like oh I'm just selling it for like 1200 bucks and I'm like oh okay 
So you show me pictures and everything, and he said, and it was the the spring. So he said, oh well, it's in storage far away, but I'll bring it, I'll bring it down. You you can just drive it home. So I was like, talk to my wife, and I'm like, you know, I really want to get a bike. And you're like, ah, 1,200 bucks. Why not? So I got this Virago. Um, drove it home. I just had my old uh, my old gear, which was like basically 1960s uh, leather jacket. I had some motorcycle gloves. Um, and some layers, but I really, it was like plus three Celsius when I drove it home from downtown Montreal all the way to the off island in the, in the west. So I was like, but I was so happy. I was grinning. I was freezing my privates off, but I was grinning the whole way because it was just so much fun. And, uh, you know, that's a very simple bike too. I mean, it's air-cooled, shaft drive, uh, V-twin, shift if you want. <laughs> and, uh, had a funky paint job it had like dallas cowboys or something so the tank was like the dallas cowboy color purplish blue with a star like on their uniform um yeah he had gotten it off his father-in-law or something like that those are big cowboys fan so i had this for about one season um didn't do much work on it needed a tire the tire was so old in the front it was like dry and cracking so i put a tire that made a big difference uh, a new uh, voltage regulator had some problems with uh, charging and stuff uh, did I change that? I didn't have to change the battery it was that and it was a ticking noise that was driving me nuts so I kept was you know trying to do the valve uh, lash adjustment <laughs> to try and get rid of the ticking uh, sound but I never did uh, I never did do that but uh, it ran great and then I was of course this is the age of uh, you know there was YouTube stuff starting and uh, so then I, I was going through uh, auto trader or something uh, online and I saw what you know almost my dream bike which was a 1999 uh, VFR 800 so this was the fifth gen bike with the gear driven cams um, no VTEC um, it was yellow with white wheels uh, which in retrospect uh, caused me a lot of grief just because of my OCD with keeping my bike clean. But beautiful bike. It had a lot of mileage. It had 68,000 kilometers. But the price wasn't so bad. I think it was like 4,000 something. Um, and it didn't need... Uh, it didn't need any work, pretty much. Um, it came with a two brothers, uh, a two brothers can. It was just a slip-on, so it had a really nice sound. V-Force has a really nice sound, and I was just in love. There was actually a video uh, link uh, with the guy just giving the engine a rev with that exhaust on, and I, and I was in love. So I got that bike. Um, I didn't do anything to it the first season because um, I got it, let's say, in the summer. So the rest of the season, I rode it, rode a lot. I started to go further and further. Uh, looking at Google Maps and saying, okay, where am I going to go today? So that's when I really, you know, started getting into really more long, more long distance. And the bike wasn't, s it was sporty, but not super sport. So not so bad comfort wise. Um, now those bikes had very bad suspension, um, out of even like brand new. Uh, I did my best to try and set it up as, you know, as good as I could. So then I started to modify it the next year. Um, I put some LED, uh, headlights and then I changed uh, 
the turn signals with got them from Germany. Um, some integrated units with LED. I think they were smoked color, but very light smoke, so it didn't actually block the uh, light too much. Um, did all that, and then I started saying, well, look, what do I need more from this bike? And the main thing was like suspension. Like, what did I need to do to modify it so that I was more comfortable? Uh, so basically suspension, maybe some handlebar risers, um, maybe relocating the foot pegs and a seat. The seat was a stock seat and it wasn't very comfortable. So of course, looked around, sergeant seat, um, Doherty Motorsports in Indiana, he, can, he, he would take a shock, a rear shock from a CBR, I think 929 uh, nine or 900, and he, he machined a little mount for it. And you tell him, I weigh this much, this is the type of driving I do, and he would spring the bike and valve it um, like so it'd be basically out of the box he could ship it to you back you'd install it back and you'd be all set you wouldn't really have to touch it ever again unless you were putting a passenger on and I really wasn't because the sport uh, even a VFR no my anyway, my wife wasn't going on the back so yeah uh, so but I added all that up and I said you know what all the mods I wanted to do was uh, like 3500 Canadian dollars plus a lot of shipping and I wouldn't have the bike. The bike would be actually uh, just not, it wouldn't be driven. So uh, I got a little bit, stopped driving as much. I was really busy with work. Um, it was towards the end of the summer. So it was like end of July, August. And I'm like, you know what? And I wasn't riding as much. So I said, you know what? Maybe I'll just sell it and then I'll wait a bit and get something, uh, do my research, and then ne the next year, so this was uh, this was summer of 2015, I said, you know, next year, over the winter, I'll do my research, I'll see what new models are coming, see if I can get a good deal and get something, uh, something a bit newer, and something a little bit more comfortable. Uh, I had problems with my wrist with carpal tunnel, um, so yeah, something just something a bit more comfortable because I want really wanted to start doing uh, more distance. I, I didn't want I didn't want to go super touring like uh, Goldwing or something. So I put the bike for sale. I cleaned it up, put the bike for sale. It sold pretty fast. I got the price that I wanted. I didn't lose too much money. I lost a couple of bucks, but it wasn't so bad. Um, uh, I mean, it was an old bike. I sold it. It had seventy four thousand. So I'd only put like six thousand kilometers, which was really not a lot in like two seasons that I had it so I sold it so I didn't have a bike so more room in the garage went on then I started then they were launching some new bikes so of course I was on YouTube a lot trying to just doing my research not in a rush and then I get an email from the dealer that I was dealing with uh, it was a BMW dealer but I was on their mailing list because that's where I had bought most of my equipment so you when I had bought new jackets and stuff. So I'd seen that BMW had launched a new R1200R and I never thought in a million years I would drive a BMW. I said, oh, those are a bunch of snobs. They're all in their GSs and their fluo gear and uh, you know, going to Starbucks and whatever. I had my stereotypes in my head. And then, you know, I start seeing reviews of the new liquid cooled uh, R1200R come out. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, so I was on the mailing list 
So I get an email saying there's an end of season, uh, there's a demo ride, and that's one of the bikes. So it was like end of end of August. Um, you know, so right before uh, Labor Day, I think it was the f the Friday before Labor Day, Labor Day weekend kind of thing, or Thursday. So. So yeah, went on the went to my first uh, demo day with BMW, and uh, they kind of looked at me funny because I didn't ha actually have a bike, but you know they can't really say anything. I had my license, had had proper gear, so took it for a ride, and I fell in love. And they're like, "Oh well, we have a deal. You know, six months, you don't pay anything, basically," because they wanted to you know sell these bikes. So then, of course, they didn't have one. I wanted the one that I that I ended up getting, which is with the red frame, the sport the sport model which is just the, the color the white tank and the red frame and they didn't have it so then I remembered that I had gone to look at some Ducatis and another dealer they were selling BMW Ducati Triumph so I called the salesman I dealt with I said hey uh, this special is this deal is for BMW so you have it too and they're like like yeah sure I said well do you can you get this bike the color the color that I wanted with the options I wanted um basically fully loaded i just don't have the keyless ride and the tire pressure sensor and the led running light in the front um, so he said so he put me on hold and he, he says okay i'll call you back so he calls me back about 10 minutes later he says yeah they have one at the warehouse in toronto i can have it here in a couple days so did all the paperwork and uh yeah there you go uh three years and uh thirty thousand kilometers later um you know that's that's what's keeping me, uh, well, keeping me biking. I mean, just really, uh, you know, I loved the bikes that I had before. Besides, you know, the interceptors, I liked them, but, you know, they had a lot of problems. Um, this bike is like opened up because, because it's such a good all around motorcycle. It's really opened up my eyes, and I'm like driving everywhere and going on, uh, you know, going on trips for the whole weekend, and it's like, and it's not enough <laughs> so <laughs> I want to go further and further and further and I'll be using this bike for a little while longer for sure but uh, when it gets replaced it will probably be another BMW um, probably an RT which is the touring version um, which you know it's a little bit heavier but you get a lot more wind protection because uh, I'm not getting any younger I'm not that old yet but I do have problems with my shoulder and my neck and having my head out in the wind having to support my neck um, it takes its toll. I can still do big long days. I've done 800 kilometer days, but I'm pretty racked after like, uh, in French it's racé, like just, you know, very tired. Um, so, so yeah, so that was, uh, that's what I want to talk about today. So that's, I think that's the same as a lot of people, uh, you know, especially if you're exposed to bikes. So here I have three kids, uh, my oldest daughter is 19 she likes motorcycles like she used to go with me every once in a while we'd go for not far though um not really that interested more interested in horses my middle daughter is going to be 17 very soon um she likes bikes so she has a scooter uh, a piece of crap uh, korean or chinese or chinese scooter um a tao tao which is really crap but it works um, and she wants to get a bike but she's working she's gonna start working for her pilot's license so I don't think she's gonna get a bike as much as she wants one um, 
but uh, I have a line on a couple of old bikes. So uh, like a 1972 Honda Scrambler or something like that. And I think I can get them for free off someone because they're just sitting in a garage for like 20 years. I think I'm going to fix up one for her at some point. So, But like I said, she's going to be pretty busy. So then I have my son. So my son is 13 and he comes on a lot of trips with me. I even got Bluetooth for his helmet, uh, a Bluetooth set for his helmet so we can talk to each other. He can listen to the same music as me. And he's really into it. But, you know, 13, you're 13, so stuff changes. Uh, but uh, as it stands now, he wants to, uh, well, he's going to get the scooter when he's 14. Uh, my daughter will have a car. Um, so hopefully that scooter lasts. I'm trying to take care of it. Uh, so it lasts for him, and then we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, they might get their car license first, just because when you live in Quebec, uh, motorcycle license is cool and all, but you can only drive it... Uh, if you're hardcore, you can get six months, uh, weather permitting, but most people it's four or five months. Uh, I can get almost six months. But uh, if you get rain and, you know, like like the last two weeks has been like barely going above six degrees and lots of rain, it's no, it's no fun to ride in. Yeah, I have the gear and everything, but it's just no fun. So it's funny that I wasn't I wasn't exposed to that many bikes besides getting r lifts up and down the up, up and down the street, and then later you know going on dirt bikes. Um, I wish I would live in the country because my, all my kids would be uh, would be riding because you know if you had proper if I had a property, a uh, little dirt bike is always good, good fun and it gives you the you know it gives you the the, the taste of uh, you know riding a bike and I'm hoping when I'm older. Um, I'll be going on more rides. Uh, I ride with my nephew sometimes, uh, and uh, one of his girlfriends at the time. We go for rides, so I'm hoping I can go for rides with my kids on their own bike. Uh, just cool. So anyway, that was uh, so that's episode number two. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If there's comments, uh, you can leave comments. I believe on SoundCloud, uh, also uh, probably iTunes. Um, I'm still working out some kinks technically for all this stuff. Uh, you know, it's my second podcast. I'm pretty new to it, um, but I plan I will have some guests and talk about the motorcycle scene in Quebec, how it's different than uh, the States, how it's different than even other provinces. It's, it's a pretty unique place to drive, ride a motorcycle. I'm going to talk about, uh, I got a lot of ideas. So I thank you for listening and uh, stay safe out there and we'll catch you next time.